Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Welcome back, listeners. I'm here today again with Erica Buenaflor, author of three books as well as a practicing curandera. So welcome back, Erica. Today we get to find out a little bit more about the work that you're doing now. And I was hoping that we could start by talking about what the process of writing your three books uh, so far with a fourth one in process has been like, because in, in reading your books, I have to say that the thing that really impressed me in them is that you're able to go into the academic side of it. You know, you, you reference a lot of classic literature on ancient Mesoamerica, and then you go right into here are specific practices or here are things that are revealed in the codices. And I'm imagining, I'm trying to imagine what the process of writing the books was like in order to get all that information in order to juxtapose it in the many ways that you did. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what it's been like on that particular road. So, yes. Oh, so one thing I do want to mention, my fourth book is already done. It just takes a year for it to actually <laughs> That's It's done. Thank God. Now I'm, I'm on my fifth book right now. Wonderful. <laughs> What's the fifth book going to be called? Ancestors. It's working on Ancestors. I'm not sure. I haven't thought of the, the title. They're, they're still telling me. All the information. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the research process. So I'll tell you a little bit about the, the process of writing it. Sure. What I do is I... Um, I read a lot <laughs> and I reread a lot and I reread books that I've already read. Um, sometimes I, I, I skim certain information, but I do read and, um, I make notes, I make small little notes and I, it's a very, it's a very intuitive process. Honestly, it's a very intuitive process because sometimes I don't know why I'm highlighting a certain page. You know, I just basically, I write down. I, I go through all my pages, I write them down, and then after, after I'm done doing all the books, I go through them again, another process, and then I organize all the information. And then I work intuitively from where I'm gonna go from there. And it involves reading primary sources, being the um, ethno-historical records, the codices, and also secondary sources, too, from some of my favorite scholars. Um, yeah. And what about what about the practices? I mean, that 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 you come up with in the books. I mean, are these? I'm just curious. Where there there are so many individual things that you're you're guiding the readers through to do. The, so the ambitious reader has what would be, you know, what I'm imagining to be just an unbelievable amount of work one on one with a teacher in order to, to even learn all of these. So how did you come up with the particular exercises that you introduced the reader to? It's been since I began, so I began in 19, 1997 academic. So it's been from 1997 to today. 
So that's a lot of years. <laughs> so I mean, it's basically learning and practicing, learning and practicing, learning and practicing, and learning and practicing, and um, seeing what's happened with my ad advising my clients, and then seeing how their lives have changed. So, for example, um, I mean, any particular, if we were to open one of your books at random and go to one of the practices, these are things that you learned over the years from the mostly the four teachers that you described to us in our, our second session? Yes. Yeah. And then also my own practice, too, as a curandera. And then how'd you come up with the framework for the books? Um... I already had the framework in my heart to some degree, you know, uh, for the limpias rites. I already knew, I mean, I already knew it was going to involve fire. I knew it was going to involve water. I knew it was going to involve platicas. I knew, I mean, I knew that there were just certain things that I, over the years, I've seen it. This isn't, this isn't something that just came overnight for me. You know, it's just been over the years what I've noticed. And I'm, I've always been very inquisitive. You know, every time I went somewhere, I went, because I, I traveled a lot where there were a lot of um, different types of healers. I, I always went on different spiritual kind of retreats and places, and I always was interviewing people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd book a session, or I'd, I'd like, want to talk to them, or, hey, can I have some of your time? Can I take you for breakfast, or can I take you for dinner? And I was always, I've always been very inquisitive all my life. So this is something that I've always wanted to understand how other people learned as well. And so... What would you say to the the reader and the you know somebody reading your books about actually doing these practices that you describe? Um, in terms of actually doing, I'm sorry. Yeah. So in other words, um, when you describe how to do these practices, are you envisioning a reader somewhere going out and getting these materials and and actually doing these things him or herself in isolation? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one thing is definitely start one, one first thing is we have to trust our intuition mm -hmm. and learn to develop our intuition in the process as well. You know, I'm always open to helping people with the first basic steps, but I, I write these books because I really want to empower people with this information and um, not have these practices die or fade away and also give people practical tools where they can use and they don't have to rely on me or anyone else and they can help other people as well. Mm. So let's talk now a little bit about uh, all of your other activities that, that um, have gone on, I guess, before you wrote the books and are concurrent with them. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your, teaching and your your gatherings where you live sure um well i usually do I, I have very series of classes i've um and i have a group of now it's a virtual now we've gone virtually after after covid that you know just the universe or whatever you want to say inspired me to just start going virtual so now all the classes we do are, are virtual and once we go back to do, doing them in person we're going to still have them virtually. You know, initially I started, um, you know, just started teaching Olympia classes. You know, it, and it, it's, it's grown as a process in and of itself. Now it involves different types of curanderismo and shamanic practices. 
you know, for example, this month, um, I'm teaching a class on sacred energies of the sun and moon, and it's going to be a series where my last series prior to that was a series on ancestors, you know, veneration and healing with our ancestors. And that was a series as well. And it, it, cause it, it all is different aspects of that as well. And working with our ancestors in different levels and connecting with them and honoring them. And, and it always draws from ancient traditions as well, ancient Mesoamerican traditions and how they understood ancestors. And it, it, so it starts opening up as, as that process. And for this month, uh, working with the sacred energies of the sun and the moon, a lot of the practices from my current book and then other practices of, you know, taking people through a journey with breath work. And, we, you know, my husband, he does, he's the sound, he's the uh, scout, soundscape facilitator where he works with bowls and drums and gongs. And I guide people through the journey. I help them journey within the sacred heart to El Sagrado Corazon. And then we set our intention of exploring, you know, for example, we're going to have them explore the dawn, the dawn sun, work with the energies of dawn sun to manifest, to create uh, the energies of divination from the morning. So we're going to go through all these different periods. And so it's going to be, it involves lab and um, lecture, so to speak, lab being the, the journeying work, you know, so people so get to go and, and explore and, go on a process of discovery and exploration and also learn practical tools of how to do it. So they get worksheets and they get taught. So we usually have two classes a month that, that reflect that we're going to have that class. And then we had um, another class too. The last series we did was um, Shawnee dream work. And we did various aspects because that was a big thing too in Mesoamerica, shamanic dream work. Um, and we did various aspects in lucid dreaming and remembering our dreams and doing soul retrieval work through our dreams. So that was the last series. And then we're starting a new series along with the sacred energies of the sun and moon, working with um, healing, magic, and alchemy with essential oils. You know, because that's still something that's still used in curanderismo essential oils. You know, it's something that's more contemporary than anything, but that's still practiced to this day. And um, learning how a lot of curanderics, they use essential oils in their practice and how to blend certain oils for different types of ailments and also working one with magic and alchemy. So um, it involves a lot of different things. It's a very, it's an opportunity for people to get to journey, you know, do a, a shamanic journey, a trans journey with breath work and with sound and with intention and also learn on a conscious level. So using conscious, subconscious and unconscious ways of learning and helping this information to seep in. Um, and we also do uh, cacao ceremonies as well, uh, where, you know, we, that was something that cacao comes from the traditions of celebrating with the cacao comes from Mesoamerica. Um, and also we, we do a lunar, lunar sound bass as well, where we honor the, the months of the, um, of the solar calendar the Maya, the Yucatec Mayan and the Central Mexican calendar. And we journey with their celebrations and the energies of that month. So teaching people about the energies of the months that we're in and how to tap into those sacred energies as well. And also uh, understanding the phases of the moon and how that affects our lives. With breath work, with sound and journeying. So it's a lot of that. And then I do sessions. So yeah, that's my life. <laughs> So in your, in the journeying work that you do with your groups, would you, is it things that you 
specifically did with these teachers? Or are you, I mean, it sounds like you're coming up with creative ways to kind of expand the work that you originally did. Did, did people do, in your experience, did you find teachers who use journeying in the, the classic sense of it, of, uh, of people having their eyes closed and being bathed in this, this sound in order to expand their consciousness? I would say only um, those that were, that were more exposed to Westerners. Gotcha. Westerners. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's why I, when you, you talk about bringing in gongs, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a creative way to expand the work, to make it experiential. Would you say that's accurate? But I mean, that was also something, we definitely used drumming, we definitely used sound, we yeah. didn't necessarily use gongs, or I don't know, I haven't seen a gong in any of the artwork, but we definitely use sound in our ceremonies. You're using the, the instruments that are available. Yeah, exactly. And what about your students? Do you have, um, do you have students that have been with you over the years of your work that are continuing your work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, they, and they do them in different ways. I have one student who has been with me for quite some time. She's actually a nurse practitioner. She does, you know, she does house limpias for people. She does limpias. She has her family. They come over for limpias themselves. And um, I have other people that have gone on and developed their own practice. And um, some people who are still studying with me and developing their own way and coming into being. So absolutely. Any, um, any anecdote that you can share with us about somebody who is really carrying on the medicine in and making it their own in the way that you did? Um, hmm. I think all of them are. I don't think there's any one that I would say specifically. I mean, I think that they're doing it in a way that they're not for example, my, my one um, mentee who's a nurse, she doesn't necessarily see clients like I see clients, but her friends actually know to call her to ask her for limpias, um, in-person limpias, baños, and house limpias as well. Excellent. So, yeah. So if somebody, if one of our listeners, for example, wants to go and study with you, what's, that, what's the process like? What would they need to know? Um, I would say that, you know, because I think the, the thing is, is that it's a process and it depends on what people want to do with it. And I'm always going to encourage people to step out and go on their own because, you know, some, some, and this is a very indicative to a Western culture that they want to get a certification in something because they want to feel validated in, in being okay and stepping out in that. And that is a process in healing our own psyche. And that's something that needs to be understood. You know, that, that it's developing our intuition, it's practice. So it's, it's practice, it's not gonna happen overnight. Um, and it needs to be done, it needs to be practiced and it's, it happens over years. And, you know, I don't, I don't give out curanderism certificates. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get one. <laughs> we don't do that. It's not something that's done normally, and it, or at least I haven't heard of it. You know, I mean, if someone does, kudos on them. You know, mm -hmm. um, but it's just something that I would say. It's something that that 
um, it takes practice. It takes practice. It takes development. It doesn't happen overnight. And it takes dedication. And, you know, it's a question of what do you want to do with it? And are you willing to have faith in yourself? Excellent. So what contact information can you share with everybody? Uh, people can find me at realizeyourbliss.com. I also have, I'm very active too on Instagram, erica.buenaflor, um, underscore curandera. And I am active too on Facebook, um, Erica Buenaflor Curandera, but more on Instagram, if anything. And Twitter, through, yeah, I, my, my IG account. Wonderful. And could you share the titles of your books with our listeners one more time? Sure. First is Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo. The second one, Curanderismo Soul Retrieval. The third one, Sacred Energies of the Sun and Moon. And then my fourth book, which is coming out in July 2021, Animal Medicine. Wonderful. Well, Erica Buenaflor, thank you so much for spending so much time with us and being so generous in all of this information. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.